Hey everybody and welcome to Breaking It Down. My name is Chris Maraboli and this week we are going to get started talking about the brain. Um, in the coming episodes we're going to be talking about CTE, traumatic brain injury, concussions, but first we just wanted to make sure we laid out a basic understanding of our brain, what we know, what we don't know, what we're still finding out. So today you're going to hear Dr. Sherry talking about that a bit. In the following week we're going to be releasing little clips that give you tips and tricks on how to optimize your brain. It's going to be a fun time. So um, make sure you're following us on our social medias. We're we're on Facebook, uh, Breaking It Down. You can search us. We're on Instagram, uh, at Doc period Sherry. And we're on Twitter, uh, same handle as Instagram there. So just go check us out, and you won't miss any of the, the cool clips on how to optimize your brain. Without further ado, here is Dr. Sherry. So, who was Phineas Gage? Phineas Gage was arguably the most famous patient in the annals of neuroscience because his case was the first to implicate a link between brain trauma and changes in personality, something we'll delve into more deeply when we unravel the truths and myths of concussion and chronic traumatic encephalopathy, better known as CTE, in future podcasts. Phineas Gage was the foreman of a crew building a railroad bed in a town in Vermont in 1848. He was using a tamping iron to pack explosive powder into a hole, as was customary for the time, but on this fateful date, September 13th, 1848, something went terribly wrong. The powder detonated. The tamping iron, which was 43 inches long, about an inch wide and weighed about 13 pounds, shot into the air, then came down and penetrated Gage's left cheek, ripped through his brain, then exited through the skull by his frontal lobes and landed several dozen feet away. Amazingly, although immediately blinded in his left eye, Phineas never lost consciousness, nor did he initially lose his sense of humor and quick wit. Over time, Gage's friends lamented to Phineas's physician, Dr. Harlow, that, well, Gage was just no longer Gage. He was unable to stick to plans. He showed little empathy for his friends, and he cursed profusely. As we will discuss in future podcasts, disinhibition is not uncharacteristic of traumatic brain injury. The brain, our motherboard, is the last internal biological frontier and we are only beginning to unravel its complexity. It utilizes 20 to 25% of the body's available energy supply, even though it weighs only 1,400 grams on average, or about three pounds. The brain is so important, it has not one, but two blood supplies, ensuring it obtains required nutrients and oxygen for optimal function. It is surrounded by a protective shell, the skull, and is bathed in a protective fluid known as cerebrospinal fluid, or CSF. The surface of the brain is comprised of ridges and valleys. Imagine, if you will, a piece of paper. If you crumple it, it takes up a smaller amount of space but has a greater surface area. The ridges and valleys of the brain serve to enhance its surface area, as was the case with our crumpled paper. This creates more space for the brain to process and store information while still fitting inside the skull. 
The brain is made up of millions of specialized cells that are organized into specialized regions. Like the world, the brain is divided into two hemispheres. One hemisphere is dominant, usually the left, and that controls speech and handedness. And the other, usually the right, controls creativity and spatial organization. The two hemispheres communicate with each other through a superhighway called the corpus callosum. If the corpus callosum is cut, the two halves of the brain cannot communicate, and they will literally act as two independent and oft-times warring entities, since the left hemisphere reflects the person's rational side, and the right conflicting demands that reveal hidden desires. As an example, a patient afflicted with the syndrome may attempt to hit his or her spouse with his or her left hand, as the right hand frantically grabs the heinous left in an attempt to stop it from doing so. The developmentally newer portion of the brain, known as the cerebrum or neocortex, integrates information from each of its specialized areas called lobes and is responsible for complex tasks like speech, creativity, third-order thinking, impulse control, and the storage of memory. The neocortex has four lobes. Each lobe performs specialized tasks. The front lobe controls personality, insight and foresight, and also motor functions. The occipital lobe lies at the back of the brain and interprets data from the eyes. The temporal lobes are involved with memory. The parietal lobe processes sensory input and is involved in the creation of complex thought. The region known as the diencephalon, sometimes referred to as the fifth lobe, is composed of structures that sit between the two hemispheres. Some of these structures are responsible for hormone regulation and others work to integrate signals from different portions of the brain to manage emotions and create memories. The diencephalon is also involved in the autonomic nervous system. The brainstem is, developmentally, the older portion of the brain. It controls basic autonomic life functions like breathing and heart rate. These processes are called autonomic because we cannot voluntarily cause their cessation. The cerebellum, which lies in the back of the brain below the occipital lobe and adjacent to the brainstem, controls balance. Each brain cell has a control center called the nucleus, regulatory switches, and feedback loops, signal systems, and an electrical conduction system which serves to propagate information from one cell to another. The conduit of conduction is the cell's axon. The sheath, called myelin, surrounds the cell's axons. Myelin is made up of lipids, or fats, and acts much like the protective layer of insulation surrounding wires. Like electrical insulation, when interrupted, the signals slow down. We can observe those interruptions with technologically advanced imaging studies like MRIs and DTI. We can also see this phenomenon in demyelinating diseases like ALS or in some retired boxers.